All views and opinions expressed during this podcast are that of AC and Scully. We are not qualified psychologists or legal professionals, so all opinions are just that, opinions, and should not be considered any type of legal or psychological advice. And if you get your feelings hurt, eh. Hey, Scully, do you know what I absolutely love about VioletIvyBoutique.com? What? Plus sizes that are affordable, stylish, flatter my body, and the dresses have pockets. I was going to say and have pockets. Yes, (laughs) absolutely love it. And what I love uh, about it is it also caters to like non-plus size people. So she has something for everybody. So... How's your experience been with Violet Ivy? I love the cardigans and that no matter what you get, she has options that you can keep changing the look. So you can get the tank top and wear it with a cardigan. Or if it's summer, you can just wear the tank top. It's covering. It's flattering. You can pair it with a blue one. You can pair it with a yellow one. Like you have multiple options. It looks like you have this wide variety of clothes when you've got two or three options from her. I love it. I absolutely love it. And her nail designs are on point. Hand yeah, it's painted. I can't believe a person does that. I know. She does it. Yeah. Hand painted, press on nails that are affordable. So if you're looking for a great style, check out VioletNivyBoutique.com. Hey, Coffee Breakers. It's AC. And Scully. And we are back for Word or Wednesday. I say it. I did say it. The other way. No, you say it that way. I don't say it that you way. You should say do it. I, I don't know that I can't. Word or Wednesday. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> That's how you have to do it from now on. I don't. I can't promise that. <laughs> what it is. I like it. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> so what you got for us this week, Scully? I've got us a British serial killer. Ooh, British serial yes. killer. Um, I'll, This is back in... Hmm... Let me see. Like 75. It was the height of serial killers. Through 81. I'm telling you. Like, I always wondered why my parents were, like, so overprotective and, like, nuts. It's because then they grew up with this. Yeah. So. So we are going to meet Peter Sutcliffe. And I'll, let me spell that last name for you. Yep. (laughs) S-U-T-C-L-I-F-F-E. Oh, well, I kind of got it right. Sutcliffe, like how you think it would sound, or be spelled, at least for me anyway. Um, Sutcliffe. (laughs) Let's just give you a little bit about him. He was born June 2nd of 1946 in Bingley. Um, That's the outskirts of Yorkshire. I want to say Yorkshire, but it's Yorkshire because I listened to them specifically to make sure I said it right. He was the youngest of a very large family, working class family. I, I don't know how many siblings it had. It just said there was a lot of them and they were very like their own characters. Like they did what they needed to do, working class, like yeah. made names for themselves, that kind of thing. Well, this is like right at the end of World War II. Okay. Well, then when he was born, you have him and they describe him as very shy, that he was very much attached to his mom, who they state in the documentary was controlled slash dominated by dad. I don't know what necessarily that means, because it doesn't say she was, like, abused or anything like that. Just he, he ruled that. I don't, I don't know what that meant. Gotcha. Um, they said that he had a lot of sympathy for his mom. He was very scrawny, awkward, and just stuck with her. 
as he got older he had a bad relationship with dad he never lived up to what dad thought his expectations of him should be so that kind of carried into adulthood he had a bunch of random jobs the only one they really talk about was when he was a grave digger (laughs) for a long time like he did that for a number of years until he started stealing (coughs) from the corpse like before they would put him into the ground he would steal items from the dead okay and of course obviously got terminated from that so he was a grave digger yes all right and that jumps us to december 14th of 67 where he met sonia Schur, and he was married um to her i think they got married in 74 yeah met her in 67, married in 74. So, nice long relationship before we got married. Mm-hmm. He saw he saw women as black and white. There was either the domesticated you are I don't I don't know what that means. I'll explain. I'm feral, so tell me where I would fit. <laughs> There's either the good domesticated Yeah, I'm not that. One, woman who takes care of the home or what he considers bad. Okay, I follow the other. I, I try to take care of the home, but I got gangsters. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was only exacerbated by an event when he was 23. Dad found out Mom had been having an affair with an officer. Um, so he took Peter with him to the hotel to confront Mom, which don't take your children to do that, mm. grown or not. Um, took Peter with him to confront mom at the hotel, called her out, said, oh, we know, basically just to degrade her. I mean, yeah. I don't condone Embarrass it, her. but it, that was unnecessary. Yes, it was unnecessary. So that further cemented his ideas of women. Like you're either this or that. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And he was judge and jury. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Correct. So I he, can already tell how this is going to go. <laughs> he began to visit the red light districts in his area. Gotcha. They're not entirely sure when he started the criminal activity I'm about to tell you about, but they think it was sometime in 69, actually. Okay. Before he was married and all that. Oh, wow. So does it say the year that dad confronted mom it just says when he's 23 so i guess you could oh, do, yeah, the math. do the math <laughs> hold on i can't even use my calculator i gotta add nah, no i got this 69 okay okay well wow i, I wanted so to put like that right together then. so right then like now. right after right okay so you get to hear there was a friend that went with him to the red light district, they were looking for a, a specific prostitute that he said owed him money. Um, his friend was driving him along. All of a sudden, he said, stop. He hops out of the car. Peter does. Runs up to this lady, hits her with a ball-peen hammer in the back of the head. Well, and I'll do it. runs back and gets into the car. And um, they leave. Law okay. enforcement reports out to his house the next day because it, it didn't kill her. You know, it, she told him what happened. But because... They ask him about it. He claims that he just, like, hit her with his hand in the back of the head and that she owed him money, and that's all that it was. She was working as a sex, sex worker, worker and was didn't want any more dealing with the police, so she let it go. Like, she didn't pursue the charges. Gotcha. Um, <sighs> okay. That brings us to 
October 30th of 1975. And it's 12 miles away from where he lives. A 28-year-old Wilma McCann is found. She is hit in the back of the head with a ball with a hammer and then stabbed 15 times in the neck, the face, and the abdomen with a screwdriver. Ooh. Yep. She was a sex worker. They always called them prostitutes through this whole thing, but I'm going to call them sex worker. Um, and she was a mother, and she was doing that to make ends meet, which you're going to hear for several of these women. That was that's what they, ha- they were doing to make ends meet at that time. Yes. Oh, my God. 15 times with a screwdriver? Yeah, that was 75. We jumped to January 20th of 76. You meet 42-year-old Emily Jackson. She is also a wife and mother. Um, she vanished after a night out at the pub. Oh, no. Um, you actually get to hear from her son now, who's obviously grown. And he talks about, he was 17 at the time, waking up, getting ready to go to work, gets to the front door, law enforcement's there telling him, we found her, you know, she's been, at that point, she had been hit with the ball-peen hammer as, again, but she had been stabbed 52 times. Also with a screwdriver? With a screwdriver. And again, she was a sex worker that was, I, I get, I'm assuming she worked and then maybe went there after and was coming home so and got picked up. Hustle. Or was, I, I don't know if she was, you know, what, what the time frame was, but she was picked up sometime. Did her son know that she was a sex worker? He didn't know that she was doing that to make ends meet until this came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was, she was stabbed 52 times with a screwdriver? 52 times. And during her investigation, um, their law enforcement had been able to find a seven, size 7 Wellington boot print on the inside of her thigh, it had been so forcefully, I guess, stomped on, yeah. it left this perfect imprint of the shoe. So this is the first piece of evidence, that, you know, been one murder, this is now the second murder. And they're like, okay, we're going to try to trace this down. They got with the company, they tried to like figure out, but it's a shoe. It's been multiple places, multiple, you know, there's several size sevens. Yes, so, but little fit. For, for a man, little foot, like... Assuming it's a man. Assuming it's a man, but yep. you... I, I'm sorry. When this is going on, you automatically think, where's the dude? I mean, yes. I mean, I'm not trying to be stereotypical. <laughs> but I'm yes. just saying. Um, it, it didn't lead to anything, obviously. So a year later, this is now February 5th of 77. This is in Lead, L-E-E-D. 28-year-old Irene Richardson is found again... She, it just says that she was like hit with a hammer. It doesn't talk about her being stabbed. Okay. But the same MO with the, to the back of the head. Yep. This That's is three. when it clicks to police, the serial killer. Oh, uh, fair. They were like, okay, this is, I their mean, two MOs are like, it's the same. It's one a year. So mm-hmm. 70, well, 69, that happened with that girl. Yeah. The, the one that survived. Yep. 75. 76, 77, it's one a year with all the same MO. Yeah. I could see where there would be a little bit of a delay. Yeah, they were like, okay, you know, it's not just random. And I'll get into that in just a second. Okay. That's a gap from 69 to 75, though. There was other stuff in between, I guarantee you. We shall see, Detective AC. Sit down for a second. (laughs) 
<laughs> you already you're getting ahead of me with like I already know. <laughs> Just wait. My bad. <laughs> so I told you February seventh, February fifth of seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Now we're into April twenty third of seventy seven. Oh wow. You meet thirty two year old Patricia Atkinson. She was found murdered in her home in nearby Bradford. She, by this time, all this news had been spreading that someone is taking, like, picking up sex workers and killing them. Mm -hmm. So she felt that if she invited them into her home, they called it her flat because it's England, that she was safer because she thought that these murders had all been taking place in rural, like, back in the woods, dead end road type situations. Bodies were being dropped, but yeah. Well, yeah, but she thought that that was. She thought it was safer for because it wasn't isolated. Like right. it's in her home. Like that's kind of brazen. Unfortunately, um, she same thing. She'd been hit in the head. I think I had four times she was hit in the head, and then she was mutilated with a knife. And I'm assuming the knife was because he was in the apartment. Maybe he didn't yeah, have his his screwdriver. Which again, I think is such a that just seems so aggressive. It is aggressive. It's not sharp. No, not really. So that's it's gonna hurt a lot worse, right? It's that's what harder I harder to go through. That's what I thought. And I'm like, is it, this is my crazy head, is it a flat head or is it a Phillips head? I agree, because it makes a make difference. A difference. <laughs> Thank you. I thought the same thing. It doesn't say. Okay. It never shows the screwdriver. It does show that hammer. Okay. Um, but he his hammer everywhere, apparently. Yes. They found another clue at this scene. It is the same boot print, but this time it is on the bed. It on. said the bed, um, the bed clothes, which is the sheet. <laughs> or the blanket. Or the blanket. It showed like a, a white sheet. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. You don't call them bed clothes? No. Sometimes I do. I call bed clothes bed clothes. Like what I put on to wear to sleep. That's pajamas. That's bed clothes. That's pajamas. Nah. It's PJs. So, again, they're confirming serial killer prostitutes, but they don't have anything other than the boot. Right. So they, they're like, they what do we nothing. do? And it's the 70s, so there's not DNA yet. Correct. So now we're jumped to... He must be wearing gloves, because there's no fingerprints. Well, he's taking the hand. Well, I don't know. I don't... If he's hitting him with that, and he's not touching them. Well, I mean, if it's, surely to God, you'd touch something. I mean, how creepy are you not to touch anything? I guess, I mean, like his MO, handle? maybe, but I don't, can they do that? Were out? they doing that in the 70s? Could you get fingerprints and all that? Yeah. At the early in 70s? In the 70s. I don't know. I don't know when it all came apart. Apparently not. He must have been wearing gloves because it never mentions that. Okay. So we're going to go with that. I, I'm just... June 26th of 77. This is where everything in this investigation took a massive change. Okay. Two children on a playground discovered 16-year-old Jane McDonald. She's not a sex worker. This is where the city was just outraged because. This is a child. This is a child. And this is where press finally got involved. Found her on a playground. Yes. This is the part you're going to have issue with. I kind of did too. They described her in the news because this is the news picked up. The news finally cared when it was a, a young child. They described her as the first innocent victim. Which bothered me. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And I literally wrote heartbreaking because, yes, they are working as sex workers, but that doesn't mean that they're not in it. They don't deserve to die. Like, that doesn't give them like, like fine. It's their throwaways. It's essentially how <laughs> everyone in the area was considering it until yeah. this 16 year old girl was so murdered. This one was important. Mm-hmm. The wife and mother 
of the mothers mothers yeah. is not important but this 16 year old and i'm not taking away from jane i'm not because no. she was important absolutely and 100%. i have percent and i i give i mean i hate that she she died but credit that because of her death she blew it open yeah like she's what got the attention and i hate that but if she had to go i'm glad that it at least brought attention so that something could be done yeah for all these other ones i agree but i hated that she's considered the first innocent and which caused a big outrage in yorkshire because people were like no prostitutes are still innocent like they they are doing this to make ends meet you know whatever that may not be what you should do but that but doesn't make them enough. not in, innocent. Yeah. Like they, they don't sign up to be murdered. murdered. Like, like that's not how that works. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, I have big issues with all that, but go ahead. It created mass fear. It was everywhere. TV papers, the guy, the son, I told you about the 17 year old. <laughs> yeah. He said he had a really hard time because his mom's face was everywhere. Oh yeah. And it was like, try to find this person at that point. The, what are the tabloids? Yeah. Had dubbed this person, the ripper. Oh, part two for England. Yes. And they hadn't seen anything like that since Jack the Ripper. Mm -hmm. So they were like the Yorkshire Ripper. That's what he was. 10-9 of 77. This was a very busy year for him. Um, They find a heavily mutilated body of 20-year-old Jean Jordan. She's found in Manchester, which is like a little bit over, and she had been dead over a week. Oh, okay. So that's, he's doing them fairly, like it's like he picked it's up. It's getting quick. Yeah. yeah. He's picking up. He's escalating. Mm-hmm. And they have a doctor in there that talks about, that's kind of typical for serial killers. Like if they start getting away with it, they'll do more and more and more and more and they get more aggressive and different things like that. They keep stepping it up. Yeah. Which I didn't know that. I figured you would keep your same thing but they start upping the tempo well it's kind of like a drug addict right so you build a tolerance and then you want more you get a hit i did read something like that before it's like a hit yeah like you get it you get your high but the high doesn't last as long so you got to go do it again i mean that's a very crude no but but it's the best analogy i can come up with i mean that's essentially we'll talk about it because it's essentially what they say they think he did it for the simple pleasure of doing it like that's what he liked So they found another clue at this one. So this is clue number three. And this is victim three, I think, at this point, or four. Hang on. It might be four. No, it'd be five. Yeah, five. Um, Okay, so victim five. So we're now on to... It'd be six because this, on yeah. the, the October, Jean Jordan is six. Yeah. At hers, they found a clue. They found a newly minted five pound note, which is like their money. Th- there's money. In Jean's um, handbag. Okay. Okay. So according to the people talking in the documentary, they like ran that through. They were trying to like backtrack it. It had been in the hands of like 300 something people. I don't know how they got to a 31-year-old lorry driver, which essentially is like a truck driver because they go on long trips. Yeah. Um, Peter Sutcliffe. I don't know how they got to him, but it somehow got back to him. They interviewed him. That's all it says in the documentary. I don't remember what tied it to him. Via the bank, I think. He claims that he was at a party with friends the night that she was murdered, and his family confirms that story. 
So please go on about their business because he's confirmed. <sighs> In December of 77 through May of 78, he killed three other people. I'm going to give you their names because we always try to give yeah. um, recognition to them. Avon Peterson. Avon. Yes. And that happened around January 6th. Okay. Helen Ritka. It's R-Y-T-K-A. Ritka? T-K-A. Yeah, Ritka. That was around February of 78. Okay. And then Vera Millwood. That was May of 78. Okay. All sex workers, all bludgeoned with a hammer. Okay. It doesn't talk about if they were stabbed or anything like that, but they were bludgeoned. It does fit his Emma. Yes. In That's a lot of victims. Seven, eight, nine already. December 14th of 77, you actually get to hear from a 20... You don't get to hear from her, but it talks about... I kept wanting to call her Marilyn Monroe. Her name is Marilyn Moore. <laughs> She's 25. She was assaulted by Peter. Mm-hmm. She gave a very detailed description to law enforcement they drew up a picture which was like a dead ringer for peter for peter but for whatever reason he continues to just get by because on by may of 78 Mm -hmm. sutcliffe had been interviewed seven seven different occasions wow and had been ruled out each time okay god yes oh it That's a little maddening, right? Oh, it gets better. No, it doesn't. No, no. When you say that, you mean it gets worse. (laughs) But before we can totally go off on police, because that's typically where I'm like, this is just bad police work. I don't know that it was, because, I mean. I know, but I'm typically the one that's like, eh, they messed up. They received a tape from a chap, is what they said, so that's what I wrote, in New... New... Brunswick? Northeast... Of Wareside, I think it's a it's like a little area in England. It was sent to George. We apologize if we're butchering your geography and your names yes. and all that good stuff. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Stay with us. They did say it's Wareside, like it's literally Ware and then Side. So, Wareside, and I have N E before it, but it was they sent it to George Oldfield, and it was a tape taunting police basically stating you haven't caught me you've been looking for four years and you're no closer than you were before okay the man in the tape is from this where side or weir side there's a distinct accent that comes with that oh yeah so that was one of the reasons that they ruled out Sutcliffe because he didn't have that accent because this this dude who ain't probably ain't doing crap it doesn't talk about him other than this tape yeah but Apparently, he caught wind of it. I don't know if... I hope they actually found who this person was and he was charged with nothing mm-hmm. other than obstruction because he absolutely derailed this or case. Or they found out what he was doing. Well, he was referencing the murders that were happening. Yeah, I know. But so... At least, that you know, you never know what he might... He could have been crazy. I, I think he was. I think he was just trying to ride that high of being... He wanted to be attention-seeking. Yeah. So... They play, like it shows like a whole news conference where they play the tape and you hear the guys speaking and the whole thing. And like law enforcement really buckled down and put all their eggs in this basket, which was like a major, major mistake. Yeah, but I, but mean, I understand I get it. because 
he's referencing the stuff, you know, like, yeah, I, I understand it. it. But he's probably referencing stuff that was in the news or the tabloids. Excuse me, he was. Um, April 5th of 79, um, you, this is the 10th victim at this point, 19-year-old building society worker, Josephine Whitaker. Keep going. <laughs> what? What was the face? In Halifax. What's your question? I don't have a question. Okay. It, that name jogged a memory for me. Okay. So. Um, she was found. It, it doesn't say. I'm assuming the same MO because it doesn't say. Mm-hmm. In 79, August of 79, police interview Sutcliffe again. For the eighth time. Yes. His vehicle had been sighted in three of the red light areas, Leeds, Bladford, and Manchester. The officer that's in interviewing him, it's not one of the main guys. Like, this is, like, a lower level. Mm-hmm. He described him as so difficult and that talking to him was pulling teeth. Like, he would not give you any information at all whatsoever. You literally had to ask him for it to get it. Just even basic stuff. Like, where do you work? Like, do you do, like, really pulling it out? I mean, I get it. I mean, he... He knows he did it, so why would you get... Why oh, would, I know. He's, I think he's intelligent. It doesn't ever let us know, but I think, he, I, think, I think he's intelligent. So law enforcement, this officer in particular, had an icebreaker, and he, they're interviewing him and his wife, right? Mm-hmm. And he said that his icebreaker was, like, kind of a joke to her. Well, now's the time to get rid of your husband. Like, you know, if he did it, you know, and go ahead and let us know. And he said it usually got, like, some kind of chuckle or a smirk or, like, most people would be like, you can have him. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. just... <laughs> just a joke but there was no reaction yeah. from either one of them which in itself so is his own reaction because yeah. it's like he immediately was like that's weird like I don't I don't like that at all yeah. I would be like mm. he describes Peter as an attractive man he said that he was well groomed that kind of stuff but literally no charisma like he had nothing like he just completely destroys him on every other front he's like he's just bleh. He, he's decent looking but that's all they have nobody home like he's just <laughs> that's all he got going for him and it, it's not enough. It's like one of those things. Well, thank God you're pretty. Yeah, but that wasn't enough. Right. <laughs> is the way the officer describes it. So he took, there's something he didn't like about him. And he, he was, he took his report to the senior officers and was like, there's something about him I just can't get past. Like something's just not adding up for me. I don't know what it is. Well, there was apparently, and it never references this until this point, two bite marks on two separate victims in which there was a gap in the teeth Peter has the gap and his senior officer was like does he have a gap he's like yeah and he's a dead ringer for the sketch the sketch and that really angered his senior officer and basically he told him if anybody else references this sketch you will be doing traffic to the for the rest of your job like period I don't understand that so he the detective that you hear from I wrote his name somewhere I don't have it here he's like he was totally just tore up because he wasn't a Jordy is what they called him and I'm thinking that's somebody from this area because it had to have that accent because he asked this officer is he a, a Jordy and he's like no but he's a dead ringer for the picture and that's when his senior officer got mad oh so we just literally care about the voice oh yes we don't care about the eyewitness correct I mean granted eyewitnesses are not that reliable but it's but a dead ringer yeah like it's it's like if you hold up a picture and hold up the sketch they match it's very very i'd be like that look yes y'all decide y'all at least can yes 
you know what I'm saying? Much. And the officer was very mad. And the officer that's talking to you, he's like, I was heartbroken. He's like, we treated these people like, you know, they're, they're, they're gods. Like, they're the main ones. And he said he reamed me out in a room full of 50 people. Yeah. And he's like, so I just kind of, like, tucked my tail and went on because I'm thinking, you know, they're doing the best that they can. And they were. Yeah. But they weren't open to anything other than what they had in front of them. Right. Let me turn my page. <laughs> so by this time... Um, he had been interviewed nine times. We're now into September of 79. You meet Barbara Leach. She was found murdered in Bradford, 200, like 200 yards from where she had just told her friends by. So she didn't get very far. Like she was leaving a pub, told them by. Well, somebody was waiting. Mm -hmm. So again, huge media coverage, um, Rewards are being offered. Women at this point are scared because there is no, it was sex workers. Now it's like any woman who's vulnerable, period. So the Josephine wasn't a sex worker. Like not all of these people are sex workers. Not all. Eight out of the 11. Eight out of the 11. Okay, gotcha. Are prostitutes. Okay. Um, But it's literally if you were walking by yourself, you were at risk. If you looked a little bad. Well, his definition of bad or just alone yeah like he was truly a predator like if you were by yourself mm-hmm. fair game didn't care he labeled you as bad in his head and rolled with it gotcha the 12th victim at this point was 47 year old civil servant marguerite walls um this that was on august of 80 august 20th of 80 she was murdered in Leeds, and she was hit with a hammer. But a new thing is she had been strangled. And I didn't know, and maybe you did, and maybe our listeners do, and I don't know, but I'm going to educate you for a second. When you're strangled, we know it leaves lig- ligature marks, and they're very identifiable. It's very easy to see that somebody was strangled with something. Mm-hmm. But I did not know that they harden and they turn yellow. What, the, the... The marks. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, it's the lack of blood flow. I, I knew that it would leave, like, some kind of indention or something, but I didn't realize it turned yellow and was hard. Like, yeah. it's very, very identifiable. But that was a new thing. They don't know why he strangled her, what was different about this one. If that's him trying to escalate because it's more personal, I don't know. Well, you, you're literally... <laughs> it takes a minute to strangle somebody. Three to five minutes. Yeah. I... I don't know why he switched up or what particular about her he didn't like. September of 80, you meet 20-year-old student Mo. Her first name is Mo, last name Lee. She's a college student. She talks about how she moved from one area to the Yorkshire area to pursue her degree and that the whole area was... The environment was different. People were on edge. Her friend group had kind of gotten together. They had formed this thing of, like, we're not going to be scared. We're going to go together. We're going to be united, all this thing. One night, she was leaving the pub. She was walking back to college. They're like, we'll walk with you. And she's like, no, it's fine. I'm right here. She decides to go down this alley instead of going the long way around. Um, A man calls to her. She said he was attractive. She walked over to him because she thought, maybe I know him. When she got close, she realized she didn't know him, obviously. She went to turn to leave and started to sprint. And when she started to sprint, he started to sprint. And the next thing she remembers is a, like, being scared, obviously, and then a large thump to the back of her head and then seeing the ground. Mm -hmm. And she had actually screamed and stuff during this time. So that attack 
was thankfully interrupted by other college students that came around the corner, and he took off. Right, so he didn't actually get to kill her. Correct. She did her whole report and everything, um, and they believe that it is Mr. Sutcliffe. (laughs) Okay. But he's not... He doesn't have the right voice. And he's not taking any kind of credit for it. But it's his M.O., hammer to the back of the head. And she had two puncture wounds at the base of her skull Mm -hmm. as well. Now into November 17th of 80, you meet Jacqueline Hill, a 20-year-old student who is hit, stabbed, and mutilated. Excuse me. And this is his final victim. So she was hit, stabbed. (coughs) And it said mutilated, so he must have really just done awful things. Mm, mutilation usually means they remove something. That's kind of what I thought are cutting, yeah. So we jumped to January 2nd of 81. Peter had picked up a prostitute in Sherfield. Um, they were sitting in a car. A seasoned officer took a rookie officer to that area to kind of tell him about it, what, it, what happens there, kind of thing. They see... Sutcliffe in his car so they approach him um he asked him how long y'all been dating he's like I don't know I just met her and he's like that's weird so they got him out of the car and when they got him out Peter's like I need to pee and he told him to go to the wall to pee which I just all of that I'm like what when he said he had zero game he meant it yeah right he had nothing else <laughs> I mean, I've been dating her for two months like you know <laughs> no he no, nothing else so the the senior officer went with him and I guess stood with him while the rookie ran the plates that's immediately what he said. They ran the plates, and when they ran the plates, they found out that they were not, they were false. They didn't yeah. match. So they arrested Peter, and they took him in to the Dewsbury Police Department. So fake plates busted him. Yes. They searched him. There was nothing on him, but police are like, nah. Like, you would have been in here at this point ten times. Yeah. Like, you going down for something. So they actually sent officers back out and were like, go search where he said he had to pee. Go see. Because he didn't have anything on him. And I'm assuming they searched the car. But go see. When they got over to where he peed, there's a hammer. Uh-huh. But how did he get that down? Like, I have so many questions. How did he get that out with it not making no- sound? Because you know those hammers, if they hit, it's going to ping. It depends on him to hit just basic ground. I'm picturing like cobblestone because it's like next to a building, but it could have just been dirt or something. I don't know. But they found it after they get back and come back to him. They confront him with the hammer. So basically he had it in his pants. Yeah, he had it on him. That's what you're telling me. No, he had it in his pants. Oh, I don't know. Or what kind of big ass pocket did you have? It could have been a jacket if he had like a coat pocket. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. In my head, it was in his pants. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, they confront him about it, and eventually he does confess when he realizes he's not getting out of it. His only caveat to confessing to everything was that he wanted to be able to tell his wife that he was the Yorkshire Ripper before the news did. No. That's kind of how I felt. But, but I think they, his wife, I kind of, yes. But yeah. no, you don't get to tell her crap. I'm going to go tell her. Yeah. Like, the officer I was telling you about that was like something about him I don't like was Andrew, I guess it's LaPew, L A. L-A-P-E-W. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that was like, I don't like him. Something's not right. 
It was a five-year spree. He actually caught wind when they had arrested someone. They told him it was Peter Sutcliffe, and he said it felt like somebody punched him from the inside. Yeah. He was like, because he knew it. He knew it. He just couldn't prove it, and nobody would listen to him to help him prove it. Right. Oh, that made me so mad. Right. So on January 5th of 89, he was charged with the murder of Jacqueline Hill. On February 20th of 89... All 13 murders. He was charged with all 13 murders and seven attempted murders. 13, yeah. So at this point, he, I guess, is coming up with his defense, and he feels like if I tell him I'm crazy, oh, yeah. then I'll get less. So he emphasized to everybody at this point, everybody that would listen, that God told him to do it. Stop. Because he felt like if he was mad, he'd get the less time. He did not plead to murder he would only plead to manslaughter on grounds of diminished capacity or responsibility excuse me no so they had a whole what i'm assuming like a competency, competency. um they had four different psych, uh, psychiatrists to evaluate him and the best part is the judge was like how can we like take the word of a multi-murderer like y'all are basing it off what he's telling you and i just don't feel like that is the smartest thing no did he given, have an actual job other than the grave digger he was that lorry driver oh he was a truck driver duh yeah so he would drive oh, and yeah um I mean, so I forgot all about that. ultimately that judge decided no nah, you're competent you're fine you're going to trial so in may of 81 he had a 14-day trial it was all in the news is he bad or mad no he bad even if he's mad he bad like, Thank you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. May 22nd of 81, um, he was found guilty on all accounts, on all charges. The 13 murders, 17 attempted murders. He received 20 life sentences, and he had to do 30 years before even considered for parole. Okay. <laughs> what? That's the way they do it. I know. And, and I get it. Yeah. To a certain extent. To a certain extent. I get it. But he didn't kill 13 people. And tried seven and other tried times. tried seven times. That, that you know of. There you go. That you know of. And y'all like, 30 years, we'll check him again. No. Yeah. I don't. No. I agree. I don't understand the life sentences. I thought that meant you stayed, but I guess there's just a certain amount of years for each one, but, but you had to do a minimum. 30. Okay, well, I figured it'd be like, for 20, you should be more than, you know. I mean, it's 30, usually 30 years in life. Got it. Okay. So, he got to do one life sentence before he can come up for parole. So, that's an 81. Mm-hmm. All right. In 84, he's diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. And he's moved to Broadmoor Secure Hospital. Yep. There are several people that think he's faking, that it's not a real thing, or that he developed this while in prison due to the stress of prison, that he was always susceptible to it to begin with, and that the stress and all being in prison Broken. triggered it to cause it to come out. I mean, obviously I had something wrong with him. I mean, uh, there's something wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, I just don't think that it should look. And it's much nicer. You were the wrong crazy. I'm sorry. Well, you were the wrong crazy. You're the dangerous crazy. You go to prison. Yeah. Okay? The ones that are not dangerous, they get to go to the hospital. I don't like the thoughts of you being in the hospital. Right. Because the lady that's talking when the documentary, she tells you, like, it's a much nicer 
much easier, much more relaxed environment going from prison to the, yeah, the, the, hospital. the hospital. So he is there, excuse me, in 2010, there was a petition to change this 30 thing to a whole life tariff, which I guess is a life sentence, like you mm-hmm. don't get out. That was granted. In 2016, he's actually moved back into prison okay. from the hospital. Since then... He is apparently big news. Like every couple of years, something's mentioned about him in like the British because it's a big serial killer from over there. And he loves to talk about everything that he did. He's actually even admitted to more killings before, like you had stated, at least two others, Anna Rogolsky and Olive Smelt. Okay. That's two additional. Um, And he says that stuff had taken place long before. This was in 75, but that there had been stuff before, but he won't. Cop to to anything, but he never ever has admitted to the attack on Moli. He will not. That got him. No, no, Marilyn. Marilyn Moore. No, Marilyn Moore. I'm sorry, I didn't get to write. Mo is the one that got hit in the back, and she wasn't even able to fully identify him until he was caught, Mm -hmm. and she saw his picture, and she's like, "That's the guy." Right. Like that's who did it, because she, you know. Yeah, because. it was from the back. It was dark. It was in the She alley. saw him briefly yeah. and was like, I'm not safe and went to get out. Right. But he's never admitted to that, but he did admit to those two other women. And I do believe there's more. I think there's more before. Well, yeah. He uh, even got stopped the first time. If you look, just look back at it. And I, if you just look at it, it's, if everything started in 69. Yeah. His first murder wasn't until. 75. 75. But I think that there no. was His more. first murder was 69, 70. I agree. Or attempted murder. Like, yeah. he almost. And I don't it. know all the years that all the attempted, it doesn't go into the attempted victims other than, I don't know if they charged him with Mo Lee for the attempted. I don't know. Um, I don't know if there was enough there to, to charge, to go, but I kind of wish it would tell, like, it was this in between, was this like right after, like, what was the frequency of that? Right. But I mean, he picked up, like, if he did just chill out from 69 to where he first attacked, um, the lady from the red light district. Yeah. Wilma. No, that was his first. It, it, we don't know the name of the very first lady. Yeah. So the first lady that he, she owed him money. Right. To, it's a, to 75. I just, either that or he was honing his assaults. I, I wonder if that's when a large portion of the attempted, mm-hmm. but then it, it just, it, it brings such a, it's just sad because if that's the case, then there was multiple times that he attempted to do this. But because these are sex workers, either they one, they didn't report right. or they did report and were disregarded because the way that it reports up until the 16 year old, um, they were like, yeah, yeah, okay. it was very much like, okay, okay, we got it. We're working it like whatever until she was murdered, which I hate that. I hate that too. Because it never should have got to that level, no. but unfortunately. But God bless, they brought him in freaking ten times before yeah. they figured out. Ugh, Jesus. And it was mostly because after that tape came in. Yeah. And then, like, how lucky are you, dude? That some dude who was probably crazier than you is trying to claim he's credit not for dangerous. something, right? That you're doing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And that had See to the make two different types of crazy. And one's it, killing, and one's talking and crap. And that had to make him feel empowered too, because he's like, they're looking at you. Mm-hmm. Or that maybe that's why he stepped it up and strangled her to because try to switch angry. it up because he was angry because someone's stealing the stuff that he wanted because 
in the end of the documentary, it talks about he didn't. He does not miss a beat to be able to talk about himself. Like he loves to be able to tell them so what all he's some done. Narcissism in there too. Oh yeah. So I think that might have been why it kicked up a little bit is mm-hmm. because this person came in, law enforcement had shifted. No, he didn't want to get caught, but he wanted he the recognition. Right. Like he did it, not this guy from West, West Westshire or wherever. <laughs> what? No. no. Wherever or where side? Where side? Yeah. But yeah. Well, coffee breakers, I hope you enjoyed your Worder Wednesday. And we'll catch you guys on Free For All. Good night. Bye.